Roadshow, a podcast on film, faith, and mental health, with your hosts Kyle Myers and Hank Spalding. Today's episode is a MacGuffin with Hank Spalding. Welcome back, movie nerds, to another episode of the Art House Roadshow. Uh, today's a very special episode uh, because it is our first series that we're ever going to have, um, and I'm joined not by my uh, co-host Kyle, um, who I'm sure we can uh, get some thoughts on uh, from him on the regular show coming up where we're going to talk about the films of Terrence Malick. Uh, But today we're going to kick off our series of talking about Star Wars. As many of you know, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series drops May 25th. And here at the Roadshow, we're going to celebrate that by having a show um, about every other week, uh, maybe a little bit more, um, covering some themes from Star Wars because there's a lot of Star Wars and I cannot cover this myself so I needed to invite an expert of all things Star Wars onto the show who will be my co-host for this series of podcasts just on the themes of Star Wars. Uh, he is my uh, best friend and roommate from my years in seminary. Uh, it is Luke Harbaugh. Luke, why don't you say hello to the Art House Roadshow movie nerds. What's up, Dr. Spalding, and what's up, Art House Roadshow movie nerds? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it is awesome. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Um, in our first uh, episode, we are going to cover the trailer for the Obi-Wan show. So basically how this is going to look, we're going to cover the trailer today. Um, our next show will be on Star Wars in general, and then we'll just go through all the different uh, sets of movies from the old, uh, the original trilogy, the prequels, the interquels, the sequels, and then the live action shows. We're pro- we'll touch probably on the uh, overarching uh, show a little bit, and maybe just throughout our con- our conversations here, a little bit on the on the animated shows that are pretty good, like uh, Clone Wars and uh, Rebels, that have some interesting um, elements to them. Um, but we won't do an official kind of uh, series uh, podcast on that. So um, today we're just talking about the Obi Wan trailer. Um, so, Luke, as you uh, see this trailer, um, what are some things that kind of jump out to you about it? Um, and what are your thoughts? Are you excited, not excited? What's what's going on? Yeah, so there are some pieces of this that I really, really love. Um, but there's a piece of me also that is just really nervous, uh, <laughs> just give, <laughs> given some of the things that have happened the past few years, not to play my hand too early. Um but yeah, I mean, obviously it's exciting to see you and McGregor come back. Uh, that's like the biggest thing. And to see him reprise that role is, is amazing. Um, and we got a good trailer. I mean, I think it gives us enough to get excited about, but obviously didn't give everything away. Uh, no real glimpses of Hayden Christensen, who's coming back. And so that's something to really look forward to. Um, so yeah, I am, um, as I have been in a lot of things over the last couple of years, cautiously optimistic about the Obi-Wan series. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I feel the same. I, it's interesting, like, I, I think about just looking at this overall, kind of the picture that it creates for us of Obi-Wan, because there's one thing that I've kind of appreciated. Um, the one thing I've appreciated about the Disney era of things is kind of a uh, a more real-worldedness. I mean, obviously, practical effects was in its heyday under George Lucas in the original trilogy. They moved away from that in the prequels, for better or worse. 
and then it came back to it in the um uh in in the sequel trilogy under the disney purchase but you kind of feel some textures and depth here um that wasn't available in the sequel in the prequels especially um and so it's kind of cool to see a a prequel era character you know ewan mcgregor's obi-wan cast in a um very kind of realistic backdrop like there's a lot more textures to the world that he's in now than he was when he was in the prequels a lot more cgi then and so it's interesting and i think i mean like i I, i've told you i think a thousand times this what i've thought is that ewan mcgregor was like one of the only people in that original in that prequel trilogy that didn't phone in some significant portion of of their uh, show and i feel like um he captures a lot of real emotion in that series that i think needed to be honored with some kind of like uh close-up feature because he's just an incredible actor um with that and everything but yeah there's i mean there's a lot there uh well let's let's kind of go through it just a a little bit line by line it it kind of opens up in the desert there's obi-wan's talking to someone um you know about the battles over we lost all that kind of good stuff um who do you think he's talking to there i've heard a couple different theories about that but who do you think he's talking to yeah, I don't know. I mean, one of the tr- theories that I heard as well was that, he, you know, there's another Jedi that has come to basically search him out and find him. Um, but we don't really know if that's the case. You know, he could be talking to somebody that we know. Uh, I think more than likely, it probably is a third character, you know, that we haven't met yet that's that's probably come his way. Uh, the theory that I heard was that, you know, you see that picture or that little clip of, you know, the feet hanging there um, right. in Moss Eisley or wherever it might be with the Inquisitor. And uh, that could be the person that came to see Obi-Wan who's, who's talking to there. Um, yeah, the other option would be Qui-Gon, right? Like oh, wow. uh, at, yeah. at the end of uh, episode three, you know, Yoda tells him that Qui-Gon's come back from the netherworld of the Force and wants to train him on how to, you know, disappear um, into a robe. And so yeah. <laughs> basically, uh, you know, he could be having a conversation with Qui-Gon as he kind of learns that, but it'd be interesting to see. The funny thing, you talked about the desert in those very first, um, those very first kind of seconds of the trailer. And if you've paid attention to any of the fan trailers that have come out over the past, like five plus years or even longer, they always use um, images from the last days in the desert, which is that uh, movie where Ewan McGregor played Jesus in the desert. Yeah, that's right the temptation of the christ and it's just really funny because that was exactly the vibes like you could just basically pull from that trailer again and it would basically be the same thing um, yeah yeah it feels like that too at the end when you kind of get that close-up shot of obi-wan kenobi um right before you hear the darth vader kind of rasp um and uh the kind of title sequence and in some sense like this is the uh this is the culmination of disney's um live action shows because this i think is the one even more than the mandalorian i mean i think people love the mandalorian but um even more than the mandalorian people once they heard that this show is being done that was the one that people i think have looked forward to the most um and there's a lot of great elements involved in this i mean one of the things i really like about the opening of this trailer is the musical montage at the beginning is battle of the heroes which is the song that's played when he fights Anakin in episode three, which then switches into the duel of fates as does this trailer, which is kind of an interesting homage to that scene in his life. And so we, we encounter this very defeated um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I think there's something to that being that there's like a, a, like a Padawan who escaped, 
who seeks out um obi-wan and then the inquisitors kind of find him there's that scene where um the new i think reva is her name the new inquisitor um kind of corners him and then right after that there's this public display that's where we get our also our first glimpse of joel edgerton as uh uncle owen which is really cool um and the director of this film uh she said that she was just really grateful that george lucas cast joel edgerton in this throwaway role in episode three because he really doesn't get a lot of screen time i guess he's in episode two as well um he doesn't really get a ton of screen time and he's kind of a young actor and joel edgerton's gone on to do other more prolific things and and now he's back because he's always wanted to reprise that role as Uncle Owen. In some sense, I'm really interested to see what they do with Uncle Owen because Uncle Owen was always just kind of the crotchety old man that wouldn't let Luke, you know, go into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Um, but now he's he's young and it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how he fits within this world um, that this this show is kind of creating. Well, it's crazy that, you know, they made these casting decisions 25 years ago, right? Whether, right. It's, yeah. whether it's, you know, Joel Edgerton is, as Owen or, you know, uh, Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And here you are 25 years later. And not only did they do, you know, a really good job back in the day when they were first cast, but here we are. And they still like fit those roles so well. It's really, yeah. it's really pretty amazing. So props to George Lucas and, and the casting directors back during the prequel trilogy. Um, yeah, you talked about Obi-Wan being kind of beaten right like that's that's his seems to be his attitude and there was an interview with entertainment weekly that came out this week where he describes kind of where obi-wan is at at the beginning of the series and that's what he says he, he says he's kind of beaten downtrodden and feels like he's failed which for me unfortunately brought back some like ptsd experiences of where luke skywalker is in yeah. <laughs> in um the last jedi and so, um, um, again, like back to that cautiously optimistic idea, I don't think they would do the same thing again, but I think that may be where we find um, Obi-Wan and he may have a bit of a different arc um, over those six episodes. But uh, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting question to ask, like after 10 years or whatever it's been, you know, where is Obi-Wan Kenobi at this point? Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't made that connection because um and some like it's it's one of the more baffling character choices and we'll talk about this more in depth when we get to the sequel trilogy um in a few episodes but um it goes along with something that i've that i've thought for a while that i mean in some sense if you put them both in the same spot and 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 narrate a little bit of their movement out of that i've always thought that obi-wan had um a stronger sense of duty i mean this without this show so maybe i'll be that I'll change my mind as a result of this, but um, you know, the only pictures of Obi-Wan we had experienced was him at the end of episode three, he just defeated Darth Vader. And then him at the beginning of episode four as an old man, um, kind of going back into the fray for the first time, very optimistic, surprisingly. So for a guy who'd been out of the, uh, out of the, like the battle for such a long time. Um, and this is supposed to be, um i've heard that this is set in nine bby which in star wars speak is before the battle of yavin which is the battle that happens in uh, star wars episode four um and so this isn't really too far removed from uh where we're gonna be in episode four and you've got luke that you see as a, as a young kid who it looks like to me like he's pod racing i don't know if that's what it looks like to you um, but going back to Obi-Wan really quick and your point about like the PTSD piece, I, I think that's like that fear is legitimate and justified. 
um because we did kind of lose in a in a sense like luke skywalker and i feel like a lot of what disney's tried to do ever since then is like build him back up um in the mandalorian shows um but here you know i think that he you do have this broken depressed like rejected um obi-wan and now you're gonna have to move him into this place of like how do we get him to that person who's ready to enter the fray again in episode four so i'm assuming i mean if i had to guess what the storyline is the guy comes and, and seeks him out most of the stuff we see i think will probably be in episode one um of the of the show and then he he goes obi-wan does to um fulfill the mission that this young padawan was trying to recruit him to go and so that's that's i think will be interesting to see where we go from there but we also get our first look at the grand inquisitor um and a grand inquisitor only really shows up in rebels um pretty heavily um and for those of you who don't know a little star wars back backstory uh the grand inquisitor is this uh are these groups of, well the inquisitors are these groups of kind of like dark jedi fallen jedi they're not like full-on siths i don't think in the in the true sense of the word they're kind of jedi that were found after the um the like the destruction of the jedi temple on coruscant and followed the emperor and darth vader to find jedi and hunt and kill them and so the grand inquisitors actually was a temple guard um and he fell from that position to be the grand inquisitor but first thoughts on and reactions to the grand inquisitor that we see uh lukish yeah what i enjoyed was um if you've ever played the fallen order video game you know there's a yeah. lot of a lot of overlap between the imagery that we see in that game and what we see here in, in obi-wan and honestly i mean that's one of the great things about this um united kind of disney-fied uh star wars universe right is that we get so many echoes of different things across different kinds of, of media um and so that's pretty neat but you know i'm excited to see the inquisitors in action we've seen them in the clone wars tv series or the rebels tv series rather and um you know they were interesting characters and good villains a little bit of weird camp in there if you've ever seen the spinny lightsaber helicopters that they yeah. use like that's that's just such a weird choice i doubt that they're going to show up or maybe if they do it'll be in a really kind of wink and a nod way yeah. <laughs> in this in the series here um but I'm excited to see a live action version of them and uh, kind of see what they what they bring to the table. You know, the um, the little glimpse that we get to see of, um, you know, the Inquisitor with the lightsaber, you know, on on Tatooine there. I was, it's just opens up the question, like, who's who's standing in front of her um, about, you know, two thirds or three quarters of the way through the trailer. And kind yeah. of what's the what's the conflict going on there? Um, but, you know, to see them hunt down try to hunt down obi-wan or whoever they're hunting after and to see that conflict i think will be really pretty entertaining and the other part of the piece of that right is what's darth vader's role in that because we know he's going to be in the show um and we know he's going to be probably just hanging over everything like a big dark cloud uh for the majority yeah. of the series and uh seeing them interact with him uh, will also be something something new in a live action setting yeah yeah and that'll be interesting really i mean because and I've heard this um, from a couple different sources. And I mean, obviously it's still speculation until we see it. You're, I, my guess is that we're going to see both Anakin as Anakin and Anakin um, in the Darth Vader um, persona. And my guess is that if I had, I mean, if I had to put money to it, we're going to see some flashbacks of Hayden Christensen and um, Ewan McGregor during the Clone Wars. 
that's one of the things I want the most. I just, yeah. I want to, I want to see those two, uh, you know, interacting with each other in that era and uh, giving us a little bit of like what episode two didn't really give us a whole lot of, um, yeah. some good chemistry and some, maybe some interesting, um, yeah. kind of back and forth between those two in the Clone Wars era. Yeah. And both of them have kind of expressed what it was like for them to see each other in their like respective costumes, which is what leads me to believe that we're going to see some flashbacks. Um, and I would, I mean, another thing I think will happen is that because this happens pretty frequently in the the Clone Wars, like, or, or the video games, even like his mask, Vader's mask gets kind of damaged. And so you see part of um, Anakin's face. Um, and so they're you know they've already uh ewan mcgregor already kind of spoiled the uh, uh spoiled the surprise that both that obi-wan and darth vader are going to fight again in this series um which will be interesting to see um for a lot of reasons i mean it, it troubles the idea of what darth vader says to obi-wan on the death star in episode four um unless um not enough time really is passed to where i mean because really um Darth Vader is still not really considered a master maybe at this point. I don't know if that's how that works, but um, it'll be interesting to see these two get to come back together. I think it'll be pretty meaningful for audiences and it sounds like for these characters. And, and I think we're seeing a lot more of this these days with a lot of films, um, a lot of like a lot of kind of like fan service, but a lot of people being allowed to return to roles that them, that they themselves left on kind of a sour note. And so Hayden Christensen being much maligned in his portrayal of Darth Vader uh, coming to come across as like the angsty teenager, you know, with the really poor chemistry with him and Natalie Portman. I mean, I mean, we're on the heels of, of No Way Home where both uh, Spider-Man No Way Home where you have these, these two guys who played Spider-Man who didn't really leave it on the best of terms. Um, I mean, I think we're going to see some in the multiverse of madness. You've got Natalie Portman coming back as Jane Foster, um, a lot of it's happening in Marvel, but even in um, even in Star Wars, I mean, in The Mandalorian, you do have Mark Hamill coming back to play, at least even stand in for CGI, uh, Luke Skywalker on that show, even after his his uh, very uh, critically appreciated uh, portrayal of Luke Skywalker in the uh, sequel trilogy. And so we're seeing a lot more of that these days. And Hayden Christensen coming back, um, it will be important. The only thing we need now is, is uh, Jake Lloyd to come back as young Anakin, and then the circle will be complete in terms of uh, restoring people that have been uh, very tormented by their portrayals of beloved characters. Yeah, he's he's still waiting for his day of redemption. Unfortunately. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he'll have to. I think he's I think he's in jail. Last time I saw, I don't know if that's true it's, though. He's had a bit of a rough go, but it's it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, poor kid. Um, <laughs> well, I'm um, just kind of wrapping up the trilogy. Other news and noteworthy things, and you can add some stuff in there too if, if I'm if I'm neglecting something. It's interesting. You've got um, we're getting to see kind of a new I don't know planet is the right word, but a new kind of area. It looks a lot like um, Chinatown, um, like a Chinatown vibe um, in New York. Um, if you've ever been there, um, and there's a really interesting <laughs> the interesting thing is it looks like Obi Wan is carrying a blaster with him um as a, we haven't seen him wielding his lightsaber yet which you know we assume he still has uh because he has it in episode four along with um anakin's lightsaber and so um yeah he's he's wielding a lightsaber kind of in a rooftop battle it looks like with reva um and so it's interesting to see that um but 
you know, I, I mean, I'm assuming, and you can tell me what you think, Luke, but he, in a world of inquisitors, he's trying to keep a low profile and that includes not using a lightsaber. Cause that's a dead giveaway that a person is a, is, is a Jedi. Yeah. That'd be a pretty big red flag, right? That, yeah. that, uh, that somebody's a Jedi. It'll be, yeah. I mean, obviously the last time we saw that was in episode three when he's fighting general Grievous and, you know, he throws out this so uncivilized line, which is funny and, you know, a callback, but, um, I don't know how they'll play that this time, but yeah, I noticed that in the, in the trailer as well. And, and, you know, that whole idea of like trying to lay low, right. Even as he kind of bounces between planets and you see, um, in the trailer, one of the inquisitors kind of chasing him on that Hong Kong-esque kind of world. Like they're there seemingly at the same time. Um, and that, again, like you said about what does Obi-Wan's life look like between episode three and episode four? Like we haven't seen that really a whole lot. Um, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with what Disney has done in terms of the the EU stuff um, or like the comics or that, or books or that kind of thing in that, you know, kind of intertestamental period between three and four. Um, But, you know, back in the day, like I read, there's a book called Kenobi that's part of the expanded universe now, part of legends now. Um, but that takes place like right after he arrives on Tatooine. And so Luke is still very, very young. And, but it's all about that idea of like, how do you as a Jedi keep that low profile, keep an eye on Luke, but still like they say in the trailer, which I thought was really good, that idea of, um, you know, it's like an itch that, that a Jedi has to scratch, like their compassion can't help but come out. So how do you still live into that or try to bury that? Um, while keeping a low profile yeah I, that, I i equally found that to be super compelling the idea that a jedi's goodness itself cannot be hidden for long and i th- i would assume that the death of whoever this padawan is i'm assuming through uncle owen will come to obi-wan um and kind of galvanize him to to go and and you know join some type of crusade or something like that um and i love the kind of the the crawl that they have for this um you know it's like a defeat between defeat and darkness hope like hope remains i think i I hope survives that's hope as hope survives which is obviously i think a nod directly to a new hope um and the hope um i would assume is not going to be obi-wan but um maybe it'll be maybe it's a it's a point towards luke or something like that and 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 it's about Obi-Wan kind of keeping that hope alive in Luke or something like that. Um, but, you know, we have the Darth Vader rasp at the end and, and then it goes to the title scenes and it's a, it's a great trailer. One thing that I will give Disney credit for is that they have uh, always done a great job with their trailers for these, um, not only for their shows, but for their movies as well. I mean, I remember how hyped I was for, <laughs> for uh, the force awakens just on their trailers, but, They've done great. Um, well, anyway, I mean, just a quick pivot, just kind of questions. And this is just pure speculation and your thought. Um, but you can also offer any kind of closing thoughts on just the trailer itself. But I'm a uh, Disney has really, and if anyone's watched the book of Boba Fett recently and without spoiling anything, they really love their cameos um, and like surprise people from off world and things like that. Um, just showing up in the, in the, in the show. Um, at the end of uh, season two of The Mandalorian, obviously people are probably pretty aware by now that that was a that was a huge moment to see Luke um, in, in a young version of Luke kind of tearing through these um, bots to get to Grogu. 
Um, but that was carried that idea of these these huge cameos happening in um, Book of Boba Fett really carried over. Do you think we'll see a lot of that here? Uh, like what characters might we see? And, um, you know, who will who will be in some sense? Like, who do you think is going to be there? I mean, obviously, I have like ideas who I'd like to see. But um, do you think this will happen? And, and who do you think will come down uh, the pipe at us if it does happen? Jar Jar. I think we'll That's see it. Jar Jar. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see right uh, who they might throw. I don't think it's going to be many. Um, I felt like with the book of Boba Fett, I think they kind of felt like that might not have a whole lot of legs on its own, and so they needed to kind of bring back some old favorites, you know, and bring back Luke Skywalker and bring back Grogu, bring back Mando, bring back um, Cobb Vanth, right? Bring back. Um, Cad Bane, you know, like, I mean, that's a lot of characters in, in a show that only had what, like six episodes. I mean, that's a lot yeah. of, that's a lot of cameos along with, you know, the huts and other people that look familiar. The one that I really would love to see inside of Obi-Wan, and I'm not sure if we're going to get, but the one that I would love to see would be Cal Kestis from the Fallen Order. Game. Oh yeah. Um, you know, that takes place 14 BBY. If this is nine BBY, like he's out there somewhere ostensibly um, we obviously don't know what happens in the second game, which is on its way. But I would, I would be really interested to see, um, you know, what what's going to happen there. Unless he's the he's the one who shows up at the beginning that ends up getting hung in in the Mall Sizely Square. In which be... case, I would not be real thrilled about that. But I don't think they'll do that. Um, yeah. But see, but seeing Cal would be would be neat. Yeah, and that actor um, who plays uh, Jeremiah in um, the Gotham trilogy he's got some gotham series on uh cw he's got some serious chops uh on his uh acting resume and so he'd be great he's he's right now at the age of it I, the only reason i think that he wouldn't die i mean i guess hope that he wouldn't <laughs> die is that um they don't want to they don't want to like do anything that's going to ruin the sale of the game i mean if there's one thing that a company like disney's interested in it's yeah, probably yeah. profit um so that's pretty interesting yeah i if i had to pick one person and i know this is lame because we've seen a lot of her like in the mandalorian and and also in book of boba fett i'd love to see ahsoka tano um i really think that the portrayal of, of the of ahsoka tano in the live action series has been just great <laughs> um i i know that like people lose their minds about the size of her like you know tendrils or whatever um that doesn't bother me as much but like her the, the seeing her first show up in that episode of the mandalorian was already just so cool and i was not, i was a marginal like clone wars fan um and a marginal um rebels fan but nonetheless like when she showed up i was all about that i thought that was so cool um and so seeing her and luke together in book of boba fett was was really awesome and uh I hope that, you know, she, you get to see her with Luke. And so I'd love to see her back with Obi-Wan and maybe she's somebody who um, connects with, with Obi-Wan, because I think that her battle with Darth Vader herself happens prior to this. I don't really know where that's at in terms of timeline. Um, and so she, you know, she finds out by fighting Darth Vader that he is Anakin you know and things like that and so that's um it's anyway it's really interesting um i'd be interested to see if she shows up there's a there's a moment in the sh in the trailer where i thought that i saw like her 
symbol like the mark of kind of her um stormtroopers um or her clone troopers that she had after order order 66 um but i think i'm pretty sure that that's just a, a rebel alliance logo that that person's touching on the wall even though it very much looks like her kind of logo but anyway that's somebody that i'd like to see too but yeah any final thoughts on this trailer as we're kind of wrapping up our first little um mini episode here the only thing we didn't touch on is the relationship between obi-wan and owen and that will be something that will be really um really fascinating to watch play out because obviously by the time a new hope rolls around owen really does not like obi-wan and you know refers to him in some pretty derogatory ways and obviously has a lot to do with where he sees luke's future going um but I really want to see that relationship because last time we see them right at the end of episode three, it's like, here, have a baby and raise, <laughs> raise it as your own out of nowhere. Like that's probably enough of a reason for there to be conflict. But I think there will probably be some kind of flashpoint in this series that really kind of drives a wedge between um, Obi-Wan and, and Owen. And yeah. um, I'm hoping they, they write that in as well. But there's just a lot of really great ground to cover. I mean, we don't know much about this period uh we've yeah. we've seen after this in rebels we've seen you know before this a little bit in some of the video games and stuff but really like this is brand new ground for them to cover mm-hmm. and um that's exciting because we know so much of what else goes on and there's been so much written in other shows and mm-hmm. um you know kind of filling in some of the other gaps but this is really um really fertile ground i think for some good storytelling yeah, absolutely. And I love that you say that. And there's no two better people to do that than Ian McGregor and Joel Edgerton. I think those two are going to have some great acting moments um, in this show. Um, and yeah, I think I think one of the things I really like, and I think this is the reason why I liked Ahsoka Tano in Mandalorian, is to see kind of like sequel era um, stuff happening with prequel era stuff. But here you have prequel era stuff overlapping with um, original trilogy. And so there's so much kind of cool, gritty realism brought to this that I'm, I'm excited about seeing. You're right. Like, because we also have the interquills, like, I mean, right around this time um, would be Solo and, or I mean, actually, no, I'm actually later than this time. Solo and Rogue One happened much later. Um, and by much later, I mean like nine years, technically. And so it'll be interesting to see because those characters are floating around there too um obviously uh han solo makes a couple stops on tatooine like yeah obviously he's there when um and he's worked with jabba before so it'll be interesting to see where in the timeline if at all he shows up um and i'm excited to get off tatooine too like yeah the fact that there's this other there's this other planet that's building we've spent so much time there and just on desert planets in general like Jakku and Pasana, and it's like, come on, guys, let's get let's get a different setting here. So That's I'm hoping right. I'm hoping most of it actually takes place off world, and maybe in some places that we don't see in the trailer, because I think that would be cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So many things. It's a nexus spot for the force, but I mean, my goodness, how is <laughs> where's the chase, and how do I cut to it um, in <laughs> terms of that? So. Well, that about does it for us. Um, We're going to give you some more uh, Star Wars content. If you like this, be on the lookout for our later episodes. Next one with uh, Luke here will be just generally on Star Wars as an overview to kind of cover some of the mythology 
and kind of our connection to it. Um, this will give us a, an ability to kind of chart a course for our very specific engagement with the original trilogy, prequels, intercoals, sequels, and the other live action shows. Obviously, we've touched a lot on that here today, um, but we'll go a little bit deeper into the mythos next time. If there's uh, something you can want to, if you want to do something to help uh, promote the podcast, the best thing you can do is leave us a review on any podcast platform that you listen to us. It helps other people find us. And so, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you next time here on the Art House Roadshow. And we hope that you're uh, doing well. All right. Bye, guys. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on Art House Roadshow. We'll see you next time.